Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. to God. Hallelujah. Hello, everyone, everywhere. This is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. We're so glad and blessed that you could join us today. You know, we know Jesus is the Word. Amen. We know that He is the Word that was made flesh, that dwelled among men, that gave His life for His man, that we could have the forgiveness of sins and everlasting life with Him. But I just believe that, you know, every now and then we need to take the time to go back and just see how important it is to remember that, to understand just how significant the fact is that God gave himself as the sacrifice for our sin. I mean, that, to me, sometimes in the the hectic day-to-day affairs that go on in life, sometimes we lose track of that. And we get so caught up in the rotten here and now that, that we don't remember all that God did for us, that he so loved us that he gave himself for us. He sent his only begotten son to the cross to die a sinner's death so that you could have everlasting life, so that I could have everlasting life, so that we could be together with him forever in heaven. Join me in prayers. we go to the Father as we get started in today's Bible study. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before your throne this day of grace and of mercy, thanking you, praising you for all that you've done for us, praising you for the love you had for us while we were still sinners. Father, thank you. Oh, thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus for enduring the pain and the shame on that cross, suffering death in our place. And thank you, Father, for honoring his death by raising him from the dead. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to us to fill us with the presence of God. And Lord, we pray as we go through the scriptures this day, Lord Jesus, that you would lead us and guide us as you see fit through this study. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Join me in our confession of faith, which is commonly referred to as the Apostles' Creed, as we lay the solid foundation for our Bible study today. Just repeat these words after me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, 
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. And the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended up into heaven and sits now at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, for where he shall come soon to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe the church is the body of Christ. I believe in the communion of saints. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. I believe in the resurrection of the body. And I believe in life everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Glory to God. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 1. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning. Glory to God. Now, while you're turning there, find John chapter 1. We're going to be turning back and forth to each one of those for a little bit. Because I'm going to take you on a trip about Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, back in the 70s, uh, people that were on drugs and hallucinogenics and all that, talking about trips. You know, oh man, he's on a bad trip. Well, this is a good trip. We're tripping about Jesus. Praise God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning. All right, let's just stop right there. In the beginning. So, if we are starting at the beginning, what comes before the beginning? There is nothing else because the beginning is what? The beginning. Amen? You cannot begin before the beginning. You can't begin halfway through. Well, you can, but you missed out on half of it. That might be your beginning. You know, there are some saints that have been walking with the Lord for 70, 80 years or more. And there are some who are 70, 80 years old who are just getting their beginning, serving the Lord. Amen? It's the beginning. Because once you receive Jesus as your Savior, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become what? New. They have a new beginning. Glory to God. That beginning starts right then for them. That's their new eternity. It doesn't matter if you live 70 years or 7 years. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, that is your beginning right then and right there. Glory to God. Receive that somebody. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning. Let's go to John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning. Well, look at that. The same exact words. In the beginning. So what are we talking about? We are talking about the beginning. Hallelujah. Back over in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God. Okay. So in the beginning was who? God. Amen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Hallelujah. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word... The Word was with God. The Word was God. So, the Word was God. In the beginning, God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Was with God and was God. So, what we're establishing here is the Word was with God. God 
is the Word. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The same, the Word, was in the beginning with God. All things, all things now, were made by Him, by God, by the Word that was with God. Amen. Back over to Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And now, this is the part where I really want you to focus. The earth was without form. The Hebrew word uh, actually means it was desolate. There's confusion, chaos. There's no order, just disorder. Amen. This void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Had anything changed yet? No. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the earth, over the face of the waters. But nothing was happening yet. The presence of God was there. There wasn't anything happening, though. It's just God seeing the chaos and confusion going on. His spirit hovering over all of this, observing it. Nothing's happening yet. Amen? You understand that? Again, let's go back over to John chapter 1, verse 3. All things were made by Him. There was not anything made without Him. Anything that was made had, was made by Him. That's God. And it says the Word was with God. So, if the Word was with God and all things were made by the Word with God, what are we lacking? Well, let's go back over to Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. Now we see action beginning to take place. God said, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God spoke, and it caused action. Amen? What did God speak? Well, Brother Bob, you said, let there be light. No, 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 no. What did God speak? Not what did he say. What did he speak? Well, you said, let there be. No, 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 no. What does the word say? God said. In order to say something, you have to use something. What did he say? He spoke words. Glory to God. Back over in John. In the beginning was the Word. Here we see in the beginning. Genesis 1. 1. In the beginning, God created. How did He create? By saying. Over, what did He say? He spoke word. Not word. What did He say? What did He use? He used words. And here we see in the beginning was the words of God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. Before God could speak the words, it let there be light. Before He could speak that, He had to have the concept of what light was inside of Him. He knew what light was. He is light. You know, scientists have, have said, you cannot have any life in darkness. There always has to be some kind of light. 
Now, they found fish down at the bottom of the deepest trenches in the ocean. And some of these fish had the capability of generating their own light. Even down in the darkest mires. Light is life. Amen? And here, in the beginning, God created by using words. Then over in John, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. And all things were created by the Word that was with God. Because they were God's own words, who is God? Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 1, and you can read on down through all of the examples here. Verse 3, God said. Verse 6, God said. Verse 8, God called. Verse 9, God said. Verse 10, God called. Verse 11, God said. Verse 14, God said. Verse 20, God said. Verse 22, God blessed them, saying. Verse 24, God said. Verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image. Verse 28, God blessed them and said. Verse 29, God said. So, are you getting a pattern here? That's why over in John chapter 1, it says, all things were made by him, by the word that was with God, by the word that was God. All things were made by this word. Without the word of God, nothing was made that had been made. Without words, God made nothing. Everything God made was by using words. Now, that's a very important concept. I want you to hold on to that. Everything that was created, God used words to do it. He spoke it into existence. How could he speak something into existence that never existed before? I mean... Let's say I'm going to create for you a dog. Okay, I just said a dog. I'm going to create for you a dog. I want you to picture in your mind a dog. Some of you are picturing a big, you know, brute of a dog, and some a little toy poodle, and some has little pink bows, and some, you know, has great big iron chains it has to drag around. But everyone has their own vision of a dog. But if I said a big dog, well, that just changed the concept for a lot of people. If I said a big red dog, okay, it's starting to take sharper focus now. If I said a big red dog with a yellow collar, it's taking even clearer shape, with long hair and a big shaggy tail. You see how... 
the more words I use, it more clearly defines the picture. So God had to have a concept of what he was looking for prior to speaking any words. You know, if I was going to build a house, I wouldn't go out onto a vacant lot and say, well, I think I'll build a house today. And uh, I need some wood. I need some nails. Uh, let me go ahead and, and get some cement. And I'll just start pouring. Yeah, this looks like about right. And it, you, know, that, you realize what that house would look like if you didn't have a plan? If you didn't have blueprints? Where do you get the blueprints from? Well, you have to go see an architect. And the architect doesn't know what kind of house you want. So what's he going to do? He's going to ask you to describe the house you want built. What kind of house are you looking for? And then he'll take what you are trying to describe to him, and he'll draw a picture of it. No, 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 that's not what I, I thought the windows would be a little bit bigger. Well, I kind of wanted the door. I didn't want the center. I want a little bit off-center, you know. When you first walk in, I didn't want you to walk right into a living room. I wanted a little foyer there. And the more detail you give the architect, he can come up with the blueprint. And when suddenly it's like, yeah, that's the house I was thinking of. Now, that architect can give those plans to a builder who will say, okay, well, if this is the square footage of this room, we need this much wood, this much concrete, uh, you're going to have this much square footage of roof, so we got you know this type of gabled ceilings, and we got to have this and this and this, and this is how much wiring it's going to take, this is how much piping it's going to take to plumb it all out. And he will order almost to the exact number of screws he's going to need in order to build that house according to the blueprint. But it had to start with words. That architect could not develop that blueprint from which the builder built your house without you first using words to describe the house you wanted to the architect. And you just couldn't say, well, I was thinking about a a big house, a white house, with uh, windows in the front and on the sides and a door. That's not going to help the architect very much drawing it out. He wants to know, you know, are you going to have a basement? Are you going to have steps going up to the first level? How many steps do you want? Uh, a lot of detail. Well, when God created the heavens and the earth, when God created all of life on the face of the earth, think about all the different insects. And all of them have a purpose. I know some of us wonder what purpose these insects could have, but they're food for birds. Matthew says that God cares for the birds, the sparrows. Jesus said, you know, God feeds the birds of the air. So they don't toil, they don't sow, they don't reap. But yet God feeds them. He provided all the insects for all the birds. He provided fish in the sea. The fish, the small fish eat plankton. That the light from the sun generates 
through photosynthesis in the water with the algae. And the small fish eat that plankton. The larger fish eat the smaller fish, and bigger fish eat them, and all the way up. God had all this planned out, and he used words to do it. Now, if God created all of this using words, using detail in his words, he just didn't come out one day and said, you know, I think we're going to create a man. And I think he should be about, oh, I don't know, we'll say six foot tall and a couple hundred pounds. And we're going to, you know, instead of having four legs, we'll give him two legs and the other two will make arms. And, uh, yeah, I think that'll be good. You know, that just look like a blob. He said, let, him, let us create man in our image. In the image of God, he created man. Does that mean that God looks like us? No. It means our spirit looks like God. The real you. You are a spirit. You have a soul. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. You live inside your body. You know, if you go back to Genesis chapter 2, when God created man, it was just a lifeless form. He created a body for the man to dwell in. And then he breathed the spirit of life into the nostrils of man. And man, the Hebrew says literally that man became a living, walking, talking spirit. The spirit of the Most High God entered into this body so he could interact with his creation. Now, you wouldn't want to build your house that we were talking about and then sleep in a tent outside. You'd want to go in and enjoy the house that you'd labored over and that you had designed from the ground up. You'd want to go in and live in that house, interact with it, walk through the rooms, enjoy the presence of that house. God's the same way. He created all of nature. He created everything. And he wanted to interact with it. In order to do that, he created a temple that he could dwell in, keeping it pure unto himself. And he created it out of the elements, the natural elements of the earth. He created it out of the dust of the earth. And once he formed the shell, he breathed himself into that man. But he just didn't want to have a place that he could dwell. Like getting in your car, driving around. He also wanted to have fellowship with his creation. He wanted to be able to enjoy presence and the fellowship 
but he just didn't want robots either. So he gave man free will. And unfortunately, Adam and Eve blew it. But it wasn't a surprise to God. He said, that's free will. You see, when Jesus came to this earth, he did so of his own free will. When Jesus and the Father came up with the plan of salvation before the world was formed, it was their own free will to do so. And when mankind fell, Jesus willingly came down, giving up all of his heavenly attributes to take on the form of a man. Think about Mary. In that day and time, if you had sex outside of marriage, you could be stoned and killed. Here's this young girl, probably 15 years old or so, betrothed to a man, that gets visited by the angel and told she's going to have a baby. And this baby would be the Savior that her nation has been waiting for. That it would be God manifesting Himself in the flesh through her. She knew she was going to be ostracized. She knew she could be killed. But she trusted God anyway. And then she had to go and confront Joseph. Joseph had to believe God as well. Joseph had to accept the fact. He probably doubted. It doesn't say, but I'm sure that He probably asked for a doctor's opinion. And they verified that Mary was indeed still a virgin. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say anything about it. But I believe that that would probably be an appropriate response. But either way, the Bible is clear to say he did not have sexual relations with her until after Jesus was born. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God.